This time on Poll Hub, crime is certainly on the minds of the media, and polls indicate it's on the minds of Americans as well. But how much of the increasing worry about crime is based on reality, especially in light of the horrific terror attack on the New York City subway this week? We've got a lot to talk about. Then, baseball's back, but how much will the delayed start, due to the labor dispute between billionaire owners and millionaire players, impact the game this year and into the future? Finally, we've left the best for last, and you'll have to stick around to the end to find out why that is a terrible dad joke. So let's get to it. And hi, everybody. Welcome to the Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper. And I'm Barbara Carvalho. And I'm Lee Maringoff. We um, started this week with a plan for the podcast, and it shifted a lot after what happened in New York, uh, in Brooklyn, on the subway, a terror attack. Um, and a lot has changed since we started playing this podcast. There's been an arrest made, uh, but it really highlights uh, this issue of crime rising as a concern for voters. And we wanted to talk about that in light of uh, a couple of things. One, the reality of crime rates rising in some places, not rising so much in others. Uh, but then also the reality that the perception that people have is often based on what they're seeing <clears throat> on the news or what they're hearing from people that they're talking about. And the fact is that Americans are increasingly worried about crime. So how do we separate this from when the statistics say one thing and uh, people are thinking about something different in a different way? How do we kind of you know, work through that when we're talking about public opinion? Well, what's interesting, I think, uh, as we've discussed on, on other issues, uh, is that perception can really end up reality. And what we do measure uh, in public opinion uh, is people's perceptions. Um, you know, we've been discussing the economy the last couple of weeks. Um, and although there are a, a good amount of very positive uh, economic indicators that have been very strong, uh, in fact, people who um, uh, had been investing in the stock market um, are pretty upset this April 15th because they're actually going to be paying uh, more taxes um, because of the income that they've, they've received. Um, but, uh, you know, for the, for the rest of us, um, there's a sense, uh, there's a greater emphasis on inflation. So I think we see a similar, um, a, you know, a similar pattern um, when it comes to crime as well. I know that um, just uh, speaking historically, uh, that crime, uh, the perception of crime and its intensity tends to rise as we approach uh, the summer months and through the summer months, uh, because there tends to be uh, more visible crime uh, during uh, the, the season, uh, particularly um, you know, in, in areas um, that, uh, have, that have a winter. But I think, in, I think in this instance, it's also about the stories uh, that the media is covering. And um, if, you, if you do look at, the, at who is concerned about crime, uh, majorities of women, uh, Republicans, Republican-leading independents, uh, and those uh, 30 and older uh, tend to worry a great deal about uh, crime. Um, overall, um, since 2016, actually since the first time since 2016, a majority uh, of Americans, 53%, say they personally worry a great deal about crime right now, and that's according 
uh, to a Gallup poll. Another 27% report that they worry a fair amount. Men, Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents and those who are younger um, are, are less concerned. And what I find really interesting about that is um, you mentioned there's a, definitely a, a geographic uh, uh, difference to this. There, there has been increases um, in crime over the couple of COVID years um, in, in cities. Um, so I think it's actually interesting to be talking about the fact that uh, Democrats, people who are younger, are not as concerned, given that those are the people who are generally living in those urban areas. Um, and places um, that have, um, you know, seen um, uh, a lot of crime. Um, those are, um, you know, some of the, uh, you know, more, uh, red states. Uh, we've taken a look at um, the, the ten uh, highest homicide, the ten states with the high, highest homicide rates in the U.S. Um, and uh, the first. Uh, six of them are, are, are all red states. You skip two, which are blue states, not ones that you would think of, New Mexico and Georgia. And then you go back to uh, some, some, um, some red states. So there is definitely a difference uh, be between uh, perception and reality. Yeah, I was just going to jump right down on that. Um, you know, there, there's, there is the perception that uh, among uh, red state voters um, or just um, more Republican backers, regardless of where they live, that somehow rising crime is always associated with liberal progressive policies and judges who constantly are just turning people out on the streets. Um, and that, uh, you know, there's, you know, people aren't spending enough time in prison for their crime. Um, and yet, as you just pointed out, eight of the top 10 states with the increase are in red states where Donald Trump carried. So again, the point being the perception and reality. And I think this is a little bit of a shell game going on here, uh, as we see in so much of our politics as to what's the cause and what's the uh, the actual reality uh, of what's um, what's leading some of these um, concerns. Um, and and I, I myself am also concerned at this point uh, with what the post-pandemic country will look like. Um, and I think we may be seeing some of that now as people are you know, have returned somewhat to some semblance of normal in their lives. Um, and there was just a lot of people kind of, you know, uh, pent up uh, in uh, physical space in their apartments and their houses and what have you. And, and that may have led also to pent up frustrations. And now we're coming into the summer. And that, as you indicated, Barb, sometimes becomes a, uh, a, a, um, a, a, a likelihood of, of increasing crime. Um, and, and I think, you know, we're having shootings daily in this country. Um, some seem to punch through and get a lot of the media attention. Uh, others uh, don't, but the realities are that this has become a common occurrence in America and uh, one that I don't think we're even beginning to discuss, despite the public opinion polls who, who uniformly want uh, the public wants a greater restrictions on guns, and that does not seem to be part of what enters into the political dialogue. 
So whether fair or not, crime is a political issue in this election year. It's midterm election year. And uh, so the White House has jumped in. They, they can read the polls as well as anybody. There was a, uh, um, an event this week. Uh, the White House uh, the administration took administrative action on ghost guns, which is a, one part of the issue, one part of the problem. It's clearly, as you mentioned, Lee, it's how Democrats define the problem, Republicans define the problem in another way. But I wonder um, how much could this be an issue in the midterms in 2022. We look at the economy, we look at inflation, we look at the war in Ukraine, and we look at crime. Uh, how much of this is an issue? They're talking about California being a bellwether um, this year to, to because of, because there's some there's uh, elections earlier, uh, and perhaps that could be a bellwether whether crime rising crime there you know spells uh, a political issue that Republicans can capitalize on. What do you think? I think things are moving so quickly that, that as you just mentioned, you four or five of the issues that are going to be foremost on people's minds in October, and, and we only don't we don't have room for that. So uh, you know, I, I think crime is a lasting issue. I think the economy always is important. Uh, one would hope that COVID is taking a back seat by then, and the international situation in Ukraine really isn't driving the discussion in terms of people's midterm. Uh, choices at this point anyway. Um, so assuming we don't send ground troops in, which I think is probably a good real, a good assumption, um, I think we're, we're, we're talking about crime being probably up there with the economy as being uh, one, two, uh, you pick your order. Um, uh, and, and the ghost guns obviously are, you know, for those who want to see greater restrictions, tackles one issue. But until you get to the automatic um, uh, AK-47 or whatever, you're not going to get there. Also, um, I, I think one thing about the issue of crime, if I might just add to kind of wrap this, uh, this up, is that crime also feeds some of the culture clash issues. And so to the degree that it becomes entwined um, with those other issues, I think we can see it coming to the fore for the midterm. And now switching gears, as promised, um, a discussion of my favorite topic, uh, not necessarily this part of the topic, but baseball. <laughs> and the season is back uh, back in, in full swing uh, after a brief delay. You'll take you'll take any excuse to talk about baseball, Lee. Yes, I, I happily. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, the um, I think people are actually um, more interested in the season now because uh, you know anything that sounds uh, something normal is uh, is getting uh, getting people excited. Even even you know when hope springs eternal and at this time of baseball season, I think even more so this year um, that the interest seems to be uh, higher than we might expect. But clearly, we came out of a very serious potential conflict, which ended up uh, controversy between labor and and management between the owners and the ball players uh as far as you know the new contract is concerned and a lot of changes in the rules and regulations uh, of baseball and the polls pretty much indicated without exception i should say that the when it comes to the fans and and whether they uh, side with the players or the owners as Jay said at the top, uh, you know, they, they tend to side more with the millionaire players than the billionaire owners. Um, and so that we see that depending on different questions, uh, you know, by two to one, I would say uh, morning consult poll found um, uh, the LA Times poll. I mean, we're seeing that the blame is being laid at the doorstep of these 
very well-to-do owners and and I don't but think does this but does this these kinds of um you know debates and negotiations does it overall just hurt the sport when you know as Jay put it um the billionaires are negotiating with the millionaires and you know some some of us can't even fathom um the the level of contracts um that are that are being negotiated does it does it hurt the sport overall I, I I think it does, uh, and I think that uh, you know the, you know probably more so because the price of tickets keeps zooming up, and there's a sense on the part of fans that you know there must be a lot of money being made all around because as I say when Jim Carlos Stanton of the Yankees strikes out, I could have made that twenty thousand dollars for that strikeout. I could have done that. Um, probably an exaggeration of what uh, the abilities are or distortion, but the point being that there's a lot of money around this in the sport um and uh, it's doing well and you know people do get hostile because you know these there seems to be a lot and the ticket prices that what used to be a you know an easy family event you know to go you know couple you know the parents couple kids go to the stadium uh start putting that into your uh, your calculator and you know you get way past hundred dollars really fast and uh if you want to put a hot dog or a soda onto that uh, you're probably really running up the running up a tab. I think the parking the parking is a hundred dollars in a lot of places. Anyway, well, we're we're talking we're talking we're talking New York here, guys. There are actually places in this country where you can watch baseball for a much more reasonable amount. And you actually can get seats near the near the playing field too for a reasonable amount, not the empty seats we see at Yankee Stadium, which are season ticket holders. So there is a new AP Newark poll that came out just last week, and uh, they asked baseball fans, "What you know, does this spoil the season for you? 28% of baseball fans say they're at least somewhat angry. That's the word they use to describe the upcoming season. 39% at least somewhat frustrated. I mean, the top answer was interested, which is good. You know, like extremely or somewhat interested was 86%, but still, I mean, that strikes me more than a quarter are angry. Uh, that does seem, I, I, I do wonder though, does that seems high and it's fresh off of this, you know, dispute being solved. But you get to the all-star break. Does anybody remember this? Because we've had strikes in the past. We had seasons destroyed by strikes in the past. Sure. And, and coming off of COVID, I mean, I think the owners understood and probably the players as well that a long-term strike right now uh, over greed on either side uh, was not going to be met well, uh, given that people sort of really want things to look normal. And so the only thing I think was a one week delay um, and that uh, that will not have a lasting uh, impact. But baseball has bigger problems to solve. And uh, I don't think the rule changes are addressing those as to do with the you know decade long battle of, you know, the length of the game and just how interesting it is to people given that basketball and, and football is certainly uh, with the exception of the playoffs in the World Series. I mean, baseball has nothing like the Super Bowl and nothing like March Madness or any of the championship series that go on elsewhere. It just hasn't stuck as the national pastime. Uh, and that is not being addressed um, by any of these kinds of tinkering over the designated hitter rule and, you know, um, whether you start the extra innings with a guy, a ghost player on second base or not. I mean, it just, that's not really what, if you really wanted to, to be instructed about this, go back and look at the time it took for games to be played 40, 50 years ago. Like, 
60 years ago, 70 years ago, Don Larson's perfect game in 1956. 60, 70, I think you said six or seven. Yeah, well, it's hard. I take my birthday and I subtract. So I think you made, I, I think you, I, yeah, I think you meant 60 or 70. Yeah, and that too. And um, <laughs> and how about those doubleheaders back in 1919, Lee? Those were great. I used to go to doubleheaders and it wasn't 1919, but Don Larson, the perfect game, you're talking two hours. Most games were under two hours. Uh, and now you would, you know, the only thing you'd get now is if it rained out, uh, it would rival that. But anyway, so baseball's got a lot on its plate. And fortunately, one of them isn't right now that they're sitting on the sidelines negotiating a contract to the detriment of the sport in, in the long run. Yeah, only 27% of Americans say that they're currently fans of uh, Major League Baseball. Um, I think they have, you know, I think they have a tough road, especially as ticket prices continue to increase and also the ability to watch games, um, you know, as we're streaming and as we're, uh, you know, have all of these different packages uh, are getting much more expensive to even follow the team that you want to follow. So, yeah, and, and to find where they are that night because you know, there's so many different places. But anyway, to be continued, I'm sure, in future episodes of Bolo. So the only thing we have left is, <laughs> is Lee's, <laughs> and the, yes, and the highlight on the left uh, is Lee's fun fact. And uh, it's actually uh, uh, titled by our producers as Lucky Lefties. Uh, so I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking a turn at this uh, uh, today. And we have- Barb, I would say you're pinch hitting for me. That's where I would go with that. Okay. She batting right or left? Uh, uh, definitely, definitely a righty. Unfortunately, even though the uh, even though the topic is uh, left-handed, and actually, I think uh, you were pointing out just the other day, Lee, that left-handed people who are baseball fans and and play as as uh, kids or uh, older uh, actually end up being switch hitters or right-handed hitters uh, because uh, they need to fit in. But um, we do have a we do have a poll of whether or not. Uh, people think that uh, life is harder uh, for left-handed people. Um, and this was done um, a number, uh, just a couple of months ago and uh, asked by CBS News poll, uh, YouGov uh, asked it for CBS News. Only 7% of Americans said that they thought life was a lot harder uh, for left-handed people. 38% thought it was a little harder Five, only 5% 5 thought it was easier and half, 50% thought that it was not much different at all. And I think we have one lefty among us, right? Just Lee, Jay, you're not a lefty. No, me, me neither. Um, do you agree, Lee? Do you find uh, life has been a little bit more challenging? It's, it's, it requires more adjustment because I think we are a right-handed world because there are more right-handed people, left-handed people. Uh, so I think that, and I, I, I can't prove this, but I would think that left-handed people, as, as, as you point out, I am, uh, do more with the right hands uh, than right-handed people do with their left hands because there's more we got to do uh, for, you know, I mean, for some reason, scissors only work in the right hand. I don't quite understand why that is, uh, but there's apparently, it looks pretty much like a blade that comes down evenly, but it doesn't seem to work in the left hand. Uh, but anyway, so, so yeah, and I think there is that, that um, old uh, notion that, you know, lefties shouldn't be writing 
uh, and so therefore kids are taught to learn to write with the right hand. My mother was left-handed with everything, but she wrote with the right hand because in school she was required to, um, to, to write that way. Well, thankfully, I think that is, that is passed. Yeah, that has passed, and 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 it works equally on on computers at this point when laptops. So 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 ten ten percent of the world's population is estimated to be left-handed. So seven percent said it's much harder. So even some lefties uh, in this poll uh, clearly probably said, did not say that uh, it was much harder. So before we go, I just want a double fun fact on this. Um, I happen to be looking up Spanish words. Uh, that are not from Latin, don't ask why, uh, like naranja, which has a J in it. It's not from Latin. It's actually from Arabic. It means orange in Spanish. And izquierda came up. And izquierda means left in Spanish. So I was like, well, where's that from? Turns out it's from an, an old Indo-European language. But then it, I looked into, well, what's the derivation of it? And it means sinister in this old language. And what I didn't realize, because I'm right-handed, is that Almost every word for left, including English and in Latin and in almost every language, is a is a, a word for something bad, like sinister or devious or mean or cheap. And I didn't realize that. And I guess I was blinded to this idea that left-handed people have been discriminated against in a very, really bad ways throughout history. I didn't know that. I learned something. Well, I, I, I must say your breadth of knowledge continues to astound us uh, in terms of that br brief uh, discussion. I will say also, though, not to force the analogy any further, but a lot of our recent presidents have been left-handed. Take it as you will. Uh, I don't know what that means about good and bad and evil and good, but um, uh, that is probably more to say about left-handedness than, um, than, than the topic warrants. So I'm going to say bye to everybody at this point. That'll do it for this edition of Poll Hub. Poll Hub is a production of the Marist Poll at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mary Griffith is our executive producer. Casey Schaff is our production supervisor. The Poll Hub team includes Ashley Marcinick, Athen Hollis, and Emily Fry. If you enjoy Poll Hub, please consider leaving a review. Positive reviews help other listeners like you find us. If you'd like to learn more about polling and survey science, Check out the Marist Poll Academy, our free online learning portal. If you have questions for us, tweet them directly to at Marist Poll. Remember, you can always tell your smart speaker to play Poll Hub, and with any luck, it will cooperate. Finally, wherever you listen to Poll Hub, there is a subscribe button. Click it, and the latest episode will be ready for you in your podcasting app as soon as we release it. We'll see you next time.